You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers update, the Daily Cheese. Brought to you by Packernet.com and powered by Overtime Media. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the one and only Pack Daddy. And I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. Follow me on Twitter at J.J.L.A.H.E.Y. It's Lions Week. We've got another divisional matchup following the heels of our stunning victory against the incredibly weak defense of the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers scored a league-high 43 points in Week 1. As you may have heard, Aaron Rodgers had his best game since 2010, according to his PFF grade. Now, there's a chance he could repeat his performance this week against Detroit. And that's because Detroit, similar to the Vikings, is missing an entire secondary. Now, one difference is that the Lions are missing their secondary because of injury. The Vikings, on the other hand, just don't have any cornerbacks. Speaking of injury, right guard Lane Taylor is out for the entire season, again, and Mr. Kenny Clark is expected to miss one to two weeks. He has a groin injury that the Packers are keeping a closer eye on. Defensive tackle Dalen Mack, who we signed to the practice squad last week, has been released. I don't know what's wrong with the guy, Seemingly everywhere he goes, he's there for a half second, meets his coaches, and they boot him out the door. In his place, the Packers have signed Billy Wynn. He's on the practice squad. He's a defensive tackle. Billy has not played in three years. He tore his ACL at the beginning of 2017 and has not been able to see the field since. Equinemia St. Brown is also inactive for the Packers. However, given the performance that MVS, Alan Lazard, and Devontae Adams turned in last week with four receiving touchdowns, it's entirely plausible that Equinemius will not be missed even a tiny bit. 
Now, don't forget, it was this game last year, although it happened in week six, Detroit in Green Bay, that we saw the birth of the Lizard King. Devontae had been out at that point for two weeks, nursing a lingering turf toe injury from the Philly game in week four. And as usual, the Packers struggled against the Lions. It's just a thing we do. Al Lazard entered late in the game and caught a beautiful touchdown pass along the left sideline right after missing one in the exact same spot in the play before. That put the Packers back into position to finally kick a game-winning field goal as time expired. Now, this was also the infamous game in which the completely incompetent Booger McFarland convinced TV viewers everywhere and Lions fans in particular that the refs cheated the Lions out of a win. Just in case you forgot, there were two hands-to-the-face calls against Trey Flowers late in the fourth quarter. Now, the NFL did come out later and say that one of the calls was, in fact, bad. That would be the second one. Interestingly, Cleet Blakeman is the name of the head official for that game, and he is, again, the head official for this game. However, Jeff Rice is the referee who threw both of those flags against Trey Flowers. He retired at the end of the last season. But this is a week in which the Detroit Lions are playing football, and therefore it is also a week in which Lions fans will be complaining about the refs. I kid you not, in my research for this episode, I wanted to get the names of those officials, the first article I came across by DetroitNews.com opens with this line, quote, Sometimes the NFL is tone deaf. Um, I'll give them that. One year after a pair of controversial officiating decisions cost the Detroit Lions an early season road win against the Green Bay Packers. Pay attention here. Quote, starting a downward spiral for the franchise. The league has assigned the same officiating crew to oversee this weekend's game between the two teams. No, the downward spiral started in the 1950s. This is far from the first time that I have seen Lions fans trying to blame their 3-12-1 record on that one call in the Packers game against Detroit. Never mind that going back to the beginning of last year, the Lions have held a fourth-quarter lead in 16 out of their last 17 games, of which they've won three. Am I predicting a win for the Packers here? Absolutely not. We struggle against the Lions every time we face them. But I'm blaming fourth-quarter collapses on bad coaching, not an NFL referee conspiracy. Admittedly, though, the Lions do have some bad luck coming their way right now in the form of the injury report. Although they won't be facing Kenny Clark or Lane Taylor, the Lions will be missing Kenny Galladay for the second week in a row, which is good news for Green Bay. The star wide receiver makes a habit of eating up the Green Bay Packers secondary for breakfast. Cornerback Desmond Trufant is also out. Cornerback Daryl Roberts is questionable. He was limited in practice due to a calf injury. And safety C.J. Moore was also limited with a hamstring injury. That is a talented man right there. I hope he does not play. Tight end Hunter Bryant and guard Joe Dahl. Tackle Halapalavati Vitae and defensive tackle Nick Williams. Both questionable. Some good news for the Lions. They finally got cornerback Jeff Okuda, their first round pick this year, activated for the game. However, this will be his NFL debut. Although I like Okuda and think he's very talented, I'm not expecting a ton from him in week two. He didn't play last week. All in all, it would not be surprising for the Packers to try a similar strategy to last week and attack the Lions deep downfield. That does it for today. Thank you so much for listening. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and follow the Packernet podcast on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.